and we are now live, guys. Welcome to episode 22? Yeah. 22. Um, we are going to be trying something different. You know, I'm really, really close up to you. I'm like, can you see my nose hair type thing? Um, we are going to be doing a little bit of painting uh, on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to try to do some lava effects. Uh, Kathy's going to tell me that I'm doing everything wrong like usual because I'm still a noob at trying to paint properly. And I'm super mean, apparently. <laughs> I can just see it when we first get to go and do stuff at uh, Adepticon. Kathy's like, no, and just smacks me every so often as I'm walking around. Wrong, Gonzo. Just put the brushes, just break them. Yeah. Just give up, Gonzo. You're never going to do it. You're you might as well it. just eat the paint. I will. I do. I've eaten paint before. It's not the first time. Um, so I'm just trying to get a little bit of stuff done on this. Um, before we get started, uh, we want to talk about a few things that are coming up. Um, we are going to be uh, adding a few things to um, our repertoire. Um, I will be having a role-playing group session, um, and we will be recording that and adding that to there. Because, John, I have to tell you, I'm looking at the screen because my computer is away from where I'm looking at. I did a check on what people listen to the most. And while people listen to our main podcast, Sewer Bear is our biggest listening thing ever. Oh, that, that that gives me a warm fuzzy deep inside. Yeah, I, I was checking the stats on uh, our SoundCloud account just to see you know how we were doing. Because uh, we have some people in Japan that like listening to us for some reason. I have no clue why. Uh, Tokyo was a really hot spot for us. Uh, which is kind of cool. Hello, Tokyo! Um... So it's just kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I guess it's, uh, and we appreciate that, uh, Crimson, because we like when people listen to us live because we like to interact with our audience. Um, but um, Sewer Bear got got listened to a lot this week. Anytime you get a new episode, it shoots up all of our stuff. Awesome. Um, so um, I'm going to be adding one. Uh, I've got some people that are going to be playing um, Star Wars uh, FFG with me. Oh, that's and, great, great, great system. Yeah, we're going to be doing an online one. We're going to record it uh, and play it and stuff, so we're going to have a good time with that. Cool. Um, I'm going to be adding that. We haven't started yet. We're still trying to get everything ready. Um, also, um, we are going to be working with some design stuff. The guy that we were working with couldn't get what we needed done, so we're going to have someone else work on some stuff. Uh, stuff for our patrons and also stuff for people to buy that play the game. But there's something we have to talk about. The most important thing that has to happen before the end of the month. It, 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 it just has to happen. We if it doesn't... We need a $20 pledge on our Patreon so that John can uh, make a fool... I mean, sing yes. for us. No, so, yeah, first time. <laughs> so, guys, if you're listening... That's being generous. We need <laughs> one person, just one, to donate 20 bucks to the podcast so John has to sing You've Got the Touch from the Transformers soundtrack uh, next month. If someone does it, he will do it. I'm sure he'll probably dance, won't you, John? Uh, if no. there's one thing more horrifying than me singing, it would be me dancing. Picture, if you will, a five foot ten, three hundred and twenty pound dude dancing. Not a good picture, huh? Yeah, that's what it is. The most you'll get from me is a lazy boy. A lazy boy. Sit in the chair. Sit in the chair and just groove. That's the lazy boy. So uh, we got that going on. Also, if there's anything else, Kathy, what are you going to be working on? What's your video going to be on this month? Uh, glowing stuff, glowing. flames, 
lava. It's yeah, it's all uh, flames and lava. So orange flames, blue flames, <laughs> green flames. <laughs> what are oh. you laughing at, John? Uh, <laughs> Mechanica decided that if you donated forty, would it get him to dance, uh, John? I really don't think you want to see that. <laughs> well, what you can do, Mechanic, is when you donate the 20 bucks, you can either donate it and do it once, twice, three, or four times, because we only ch we charge a maximum of four times for our, our Patreon account. Uh, so you can set it up. So if you, you know, have to pay, <laughs> you pay 40 bucks, I think he's got to do it. Or the next time you run into John at a convention, just bring 40 wands. Oh, and just like make it rain in front of him. I would pay to uh, see that. That's not really for me. <laughs> I guarantee if that happened at a con, if someone came in and made it rain with 40 ones, I, 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 I dance then, but that's not really fair because I don't get to make it too many cons. But Oh, I'll, I'll find somebody. Don't think I won't. Well, I do plan um, on going to Nova this year because it's in my backyard. I should can make it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, guys, uh, if you have any suggestions or whatever, make sure you check out our Facebook, check out Patreon. Um, we are in the talks of having some guests because we know that some of us are going to have to go to conventions. And so when one of us is gone, we're going to try to get a guest on. Uh, so if there's any guests that you want, we're going to have a podcast. We're going to talk about different guests that we would like to see. Um, we're not sure when we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about it. Um, that thunder, dog. That thunder. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah the thunder. It's outside. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Sounds like that when I fart. <laughs> Thanks for that, John. You're quite welcome. I like to share. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, tradition. John, what are you drinking tonight? Um, well, I need to get rid of a bottle of vodka because I have too much vodka. Uh-huh. So I have a screwdriver, but uh, it was too much vodka for a screwdriver. It looked like less than the bottle. So that happens you buy the big plastic bottles of vodka. Mm -hmm. So I have another screwdriver. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say one of them's a Phillips head. The other one's a flat edge. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, this Goose Island. It is a uh, Fulton Street Blend Coffee Ale. Oh. Honestly... There's not really a hint of coffee in it, and, you know, it's mediocre. Mediocre! Is it, is it mediocre, or is it mediocre? I wish it was mediocre. Oh, I don't want mediocre. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all, actually. <laughs> Gonzo, save us before we go down the <laughs> ochre hole. Uh, today, I am saving my last bit uh, sort of lead for another time, but I'm going to be doing some Maker's Mark, and I'm having a coffee stout. Uh, called the Winter Grind from Mother's. Drink it a lot. It's really good. Um, one of my favorite. I could sit and just drink this, you know, just casually and just grab one. So I really like this one a lot. So as we always say, cheers to everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I gotta be careful. I've been drinking since about one, so. <sighs> Excuse on, me while I burp into all of your uh, ears tonight. Mm. Is, that, is, that, is that a challenge? Oh, we can do a bourbon contest. Uh, it wasn't. Okay, good. Okay. You All right, guys. We're no. gonna go. <laughs> I don't think that's good for uh, for anyone listening at home. I don't think the random belches would be good. No. Let me switch over to the painting cams. So we're gonna test this out. And see how this works. <laughs> the painting cam. New technology alert. New technology on here. Watch. Watch this. This is gonna go Pan well. Down. Oh shit. 
Pan down. You're upside down. Pan Dear down. God. My hey. God, it's full of squares. <laughs> I'm gonna take off my glasses to paint, though. That's a problem because I'm blind. All right, y'all should just make sure that it uh, that I stay in. Um, I should be pretty much centered right about here. Ooh, I have to fix that. No. So you've got the sort of the triangle shape, the angle. You need to stay towards the edge of the angle, but not all the way to the, at the point. Okay. Too far. Oh, there you go. There you go. Perfect. Right there. That, right. That, that's centered on the X pretty good that those okay. make. So. That's kind of what I did in my tripod for some reason. It's got a weird type thing going Wobble. on. Wobble. <laughs> all right. So all I've done really quick, we're going, is just did a quick dry brush just to get some texture on it. And I want to put, of course, this is going to be the lava, not this. So all this area right here needs to be painted. White. White? Yes. You hate me, don't you, do, Kathy? Do you know what I would have done? Primed it white? <laughs> is I would have uh, brush primed all of the corky parts black like you did. And mm -hmm. I would have brush primed the where the lava goes all white. Because you want that to be as bright as it possibly can be. And the only way to achieve me. that is starting out with a white base. Alright, give me a second. So I'm going to build some white. Um, I have white I can use. I'm just going to thin it out. Get some water and thin it out and stuff. What white do you use? Uh, right now, today, I'm going to be using uh, Mara White. PP's Mara White. I use a lot of PP paints uh, just because I'm used to them. I'm going to hold this up because this oh. is my new thing that I just discovered. Is that in focus at all? Mm, not so much. The glare makes it impossible to read because it's white. Uh, <laughs> I came out well, funny. So this is a uh, titanium white acrylic, pure polymer artist color. It was not that expensive. It's a giant tube of titanium white paint. And what I did was I mixed it with uh, Vallejo glaze medium uh -huh. to thin it down a bit. And I, I just put it in a bottle cap. You know, just take my brush and stick it in the uh, in the tube, and then put uh, several drops of the uh, glaze medium in there and thin it down real nice. And that covers amazing. It is like the best white. I've never tried using, you know, just artist white, but I found it in the bottom of a drawer full of art supplies <laughs> from back when I went to art school, and uh, and it's still good. <laughs> so it is my new most favorite. Uh, hobby discovery of the last few weeks oh. I, I was wondering because i use vallejo wipe just because uh i really like the coverage it covers better than the other uh standard gaming color whites that i've seen yeah that was the that was my go-to and my bottle of vallejo off-white ran out which is why i was looking around for whatever i could use to substitute because you know while i'm waiting for the next one to arrive you know, because your local store isn't local. Gotcha. Yeah, and and so I, I'm like, I'll try this, you know. And now it's now I I eschew every other paint. This is like oh, good word. The new discovery. It's it's opaque when you want it to be opaque. You can thin it down with a little of the glaze medium and a little bit of water if you really want to, you know, do both. Um, Thinning down it, with medium is a is a next level trick. People need to learn early because. It, it, it helps really, a lot. Really yeah. helped me. I used to use just water all the time, and uh, once they started using glaze medium, well, all of a sudden now that extends the drying time 
as well as thinning the paint. Plus, it doesn't scatter the pigment like water does. Helps keep uh, it together, yeah. yeah. The way, even if you're using a, a wet palette, it keeps it from running on the curves of the paper. Because no, no, after a little bit of use, no wet palette's going to be flat anymore. I'm sorry. Yes, oh, it'll curve yeah. up. All right, so you want me to put white, all, paint all of this white. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Hate me. Does it have to be like, like, okay, if you notice, okay, let me move that over. I, I believe she used the phrase, as bright as possible. Damn it. So around the edges, because remember, you just like flames, you want uh, the glowy stuff is going to be around the edges, and see now the uh, area. Everything that I, uh, not meaning to interrupt you, but everything that I saw about painting lava is anything around the edges, like around the rocks, would be a dark red, <clears throat> and then everything like in here would be, you know, an orangey, and then the yellow would be very at the tips. See, I go oppo. Where do you go? I go, I go, I go oppo, and you know, I imagine there's not a right way or a wrong way, but uh. I prefer it that way because I feel like where the uh, where the air is hitting the lava in the middle is where it's going to cool faster on the surface. Uh -huh. But on the other hand, I guess you could look at it as where it's hitting the rocks. Maybe it'll cool faster. I don't know. I'm not a geologist. If we have any geologists out here listening, <laughs> uh, feel free to comment and correct me. <laughs> well, G Google would agree with what Gonzo said, that it looks like near the rocky portions it is darker red. And then a lot more um, orangey, yellowy in the, the center portions away from it. Of actual. Well. Google image search. But actually, it's it's funny that that's in a certain picture. Then other pictures, it's the way you say it, where I guess it just sort of depends on how it's flowing. Yeah. Oh, well, this is all kind big. of standing. Oh, that's so pretty. See, I'm seeing both. Ooh. Yeah, see? It's. It no looks like the long streams are like that. Yeah. Like, the long stream is light on the edges, darker in the center. Uh, so this, since this lava is not moving, crack. but since this lava is not moving, I think I'm going to do darker on the edges and lighter in the center. Oh, yeah. That actually brings up a good point for painting that I want to bring up in general that I always get stuck on occasionally. It doesn't have to be realistic. It just has to look cool for you. Oh, that's true. Well, that's true. There's not a wrong way. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're going for realistic, you know, thumbs up. But don't get so hung up on making it realistic that you lose sight of making it something you can paint, you want to paint, and that looks good on a model with your paint scheme. Yeah. That's, that's one of my hang-ups. I have a lot of paint hang-ups. And that's one of them where I get so on about that. I'm like, no, you can just paint it. Just paint it. Uh, my, my buddy, the Jason, actually had a good good idea uh, that would help me a lot. Because once I have a paint scheme, I'm golden. But until then, I am oh, staring yeah. at a bottle. He says, you've got five minutes to figure out what you're going to paint it. If you haven't figured out five minutes, just start fucking painting it. Blank canvas syndrome. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you don't know what you're That's painting. What we call just, it. just go. Start on the stuff you know what it's going to be. Even if it's not the deeper portions like you're supposed to paint. On your first model, you'll you'll get somewhere and you'll start getting progress. As long as yeah. you're painting thin like, like you're supposed to, you can go over it. If you do exactly. I I cry whenever I see somebody say, Well, I don't like this paint scheme, so I'm gonna strip it and I'm like, Well, 
did you paint it with paste? Because otherwise, I don't understand why you can't just paint over that paint. It's already primed. It's not like, you know, you don't need to do that unless you've wiped out all the detail with the, the, the paint that you put on there. Yeah. So, um, so while we're painting this, and it's going to take me a little while because I'm going to have to do plenty of coats of white. Um, our discussion for the day is going to uh, modding models. Uh, and the first thing I wanted to go for and talk to everybody about is tools for modeling models. For modding models. Ah, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. Converting. Converting. Yeah. There's a handful of must-haves. Absolutely, and dental tools are your friend when you're using green stuff. Also, there's these silicone rubber-tipped sculpting tools that are great for using with green stuff, and they don't stick to the green stuff nearly as much as uh, metal tools. I would agree wholeheartedly, but I would call them uh, next-level tools. Because honestly, when you're first starting out conversion, just having a sculpting tool is a must. I can just, just a simple a... GW one. Oh, okay, because see, you I can just use a, You can just use a knife, but it's not going to do what you need it to do. Okay, um, you'll be disappointed. If... Yeah, yeah. You just um, need that little flat, the one that has the little round flat thing on it. And I got that at GW. I wish oh. I. Uh, All my tools are in the other room. <laughs> uh, this yeah. edge. Yep. That and is that knifey edge. That is which... my most favorite. Uh, yeah, for using with green stuff. Yeah, back in the well, I'm not gonna say time because it's a long time ago. Jimmy made a hobby starter set like way, way back in the day. Green stuff, pin vice, sculpty tool that blew my mind and changed my whole world. And that would go to the next one. If you're gonna be converting models a lot, you've got to have a pin vice. You've got to be ready to pin stuff because sometimes and you're gonna have to. Even if you're just putting your models on like a a fancier kind of base. You know, where you don't have the sprue, you, you've got to pin the model to the base. Otherwise, it's just going to keep breaking off. Glue might work, but you, you need to be ready to pin. I have a rule where if you f if something if you make breaks, you fix it, and it breaks again, at that point, you have to find a way to pin it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and when we're, shipping this weekend. Model, we're shipping models all over, you don't want it to fall apart in shipping, so we pin every single joint. Oh, yeah. A Dremel, Dremel's good, but that would be next level. A hand pin vice is plenty good it's gonna be a pain in the ass in the metal but as long as your bit is good you'll do fine yeah. um i really am a fan of the p3 uh pin sets because it gives you some mediocre drill bits that are the right size for the uh brass rod in it huh and, and eventually you go ahead i use paper clips and uh uh 0.63 to 0.65 uh gauge drill bits <clears throat> well, I've noticed a lot of things that are too small for paper clips. I have a lot of them, and those need to be pinned, oh, yeah. too. So. We'll use, actually, like, pieces of staple or uh, the green gardening floral wire for mm -hmm. stuff like that. That yeah. can work, too. But, yeah, just it's just easy-peasy. A lot of stores carry it. It's on the shelf. Just pick it up. It's got some drill, it's got some drill bits. It's got brass rod. It's your friend. Um, and don't be afraid to make that uh, pin longer, because sometimes you need to sculpt. I wish I still had it. I had an old uh, uh, Elysian drop troop model that I didn't really like the way he was running. Like, it was weird posed. So I cut the leg, reposed it. I had to cut a chunk out to get it to work. 
and just put a whole pin in there and just had to sculpt up a whole new leg for him, and it worked well. I did um, that with a Terminator chaplain years ago when it was the, uh, it was one of the old Terminator chaplains, and it was metal. Mm-hmm. And they had just come out with the new Terminators, which were bigger and beefier. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I basically took a pin, just like you said, and modified it so that the arm was sticking out and uh, just filled all that in, you know, in the armpit area with green stuff. So so it would actually look a bit more like the uh, the other Terminators and not just this guy who's, you know, got his hands right in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Xander Vorlord says, uh, Jeweler's Saw. Jeweler's Saw is v- helpful. Um, I... Razor saw work. Um, I find you can actually get by them with a hobby knife, but it's not pleasant. <laughs> if you're if you're cutting the broccoli base off of a Reaper pewter miniature, uh, razor saw or jeweler's saw is what you want. I've oh, I've used the side God, cutter yes. to uh, to cut them out piece by piece, but that's really hard on the hands. Yeah, that's hard on the hands. Um, y- it's one of those things where when you get to the higher end tools, if you get to the point where you have a Dremel, you probably don't really necessarily need a jeweler's saw anymore. Because between their cutting discs and the uh, and like the grinding and all that, you can probably get by without it. But if you're if if money and having space to store all stuff is not an object, it's definitely one you want. Uh, sewing pins. What are you sewing pins for? Pins. Depending They're on hard the to. Uh, those are hard to cut with a. Uh... With yeah. my side cutter. Yeah, They're they very hard metal. Huh. Well, I'm waiting for a mini painter to tell me know what she uses sewing pins for because that is an interesting thought. I haven't, re- I mean, I guess I you mean, could copy use it. for the same thing as what I use paper clips for. Yep. That's what I was thinking too because I mean, those those things are really, really tough. Yeah, and Leisure says he's found a saw blade for his old X Acto. That's true. X Acto makes a metric fuck ton of different blades. Take a look at them. Yeah, if sets out there. You might be able to find what you're looking for there. Um, honestly, if you get to the point where you have a Dremel, one of the saw blades for an Exacto would fill what a jeweler's saw would fill straight up. You wouldn't really need it anymore. Um, I still have a jeweler's saw. I don't have any blades for it because it's been a long time since I used it. I also have uh, their old uh, GW's old hand and saw thing. It's it's okay. Oh, <laughs> it's down there. I don't really need to grab it, but. What about, um, there's a lot of tools. What about okay. um, using um, green stuff or blue stuff or whatever? What's the common use that everybody's using on those? Because I've never done like green stuff sculpting. I've only used like this green stuff that you know GW makes to fill in you know the liquid green stuff. Well, it's. I mean, it's a two-part epoxy. Uh, GW probably gets it from the same sources as everybody else. Like. Gal Force 9 also has the green stuff, but it's tight. I mean, it's plumber's putty, basically, you know, and they're just repackaging it. So it's a two-part epoxy putty, and when you mix the yellow and the blue together, ta-da, green. It's yep. super sticky, though. Yes, it'll stick it is. To your tools, it'll stick to your fingers. When you want it to stick to the model, it will stick to... <laughs> other things and it will be frustrating there is a learning curve with green stuff but when you start out just filling gaps with it and then just trying to kind of match the texture of of you know the model itself in the joint you you kind of start to get a feel for it 
or something like this where I use it to mark out where my uh, my model's treads are going to be so I can base it without the model on there so you can get underneath it. And uh, also, you can't really see it easily, but I actually put some texture in there too so it'll look like the treads rolled over that area. Yeah, like it's mud or something. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of uses for it. Um, you can straight up sculpt with it. Um, it is softish, so you're going to want a framework for it, hence the pin. Um, people still sculpt entire models out of green stuff. I've got one oh, yeah. that uh, Captain Spud yes, did. Yes, do. And Ashlyn. And, and you know, I got to see it from he, back when he had his blog on Lost Hemisphere. And I got to see it from start to finish and just the framework and building it up. It's amazing. But, yeah, green stuff's good. There's a bunch of other stuff you can use with it. Some people, there's a lot of different... Um, there's one called Milliput, which Milliput, is another yeah. part. Creafix, uh, I think, is another one. Uh, yeah, there's a, a pot sculpt is is one that has sculpt, very yeah. different properties, but that's yeah. also fun to work with. And, uh, and there's different types of two parts epoxies. There's a uh, addition to green stuff. There's a uh, I guess you call it blue stuff. I don't know. I used to I call it white stuff. stuff. Yeah. There was but, one you know, that was called brown stuff, and it was brown the stuff. White yeah. Brown. And I liked that because it was hard it, it was really hard yeah and you could carve into it much better yeah, than with green it stuff. actually is made to fix like parts on like metal stuff from what i remember yeah um, i i love that that was my favorite yeah but the uh the blue stuff or white stuff or what do you want to call it was uh, gw used it for a couple years and it was just softer but like easier to work with than green stuff um i actually find it it's a better gap filler but infinitely worse as sculpting sure um you know, we were talking, uh, my, Nick is the guy that always drives us to where we go to tournaments. Uh, and so when you have a four hour drive, you're always kind of talking about everything to keep the time flowing, which isn't a hard deal with a bunch of geeks. Cause we're always wanting to talk, but, uh, something that came up, we were talking about it is I remember the days and when I was playing, you know, 40 K pretty regularly, you know, you could kit bash a model in like no time. So I'm like, Hey, I'm going to make this, you know, Sergeant for my, you know, corn army. And, you know, you could kit bash it up and it would be done and no problem. But we got the discussion that eventually we got to like war machine and hordes and you can't do that with stuff. Um, that there's like yeah. some now pretty strict rules on kit bashing or modding for whatever. And that's something I think we should talk about because, some games don't really allow modding or, you know, changing of the model up very much. And I think, and of course I'm bringing it up as a, as a thing, is Privateer Press is one that's pretty strict on their modding and kit bashing of models. I mean, uh, especially like in the Steamroller. The Steamroller packet says it's got to be this much. The volume of the model has to be, you know, a Privateer Press model. You can't switch out certain weapons for certain weapons. That if it says it has a sword, it has to be a sword. Whenever you put a new one in there, um, can't use a course. No, and, and, and some of them are actually kind of realistic because there was one time someone made a Necron Crix army, which looked really cool. But that's an intellectual property, and they were like, "No, you can't have that." Um, yeah, and, and and to be fair, Raptor Press, a lot of this at competitive tournaments is because. They do so much streaming, they might stream it, and they don't want to run into any problems there. Correct. Sure, and, sure. and and that's that's the reason why we were we were talking about it. And it's not that you can't do a cool, excuse me, a cool mod or cool, you know, resculpt. 
you just have to be very careful with what you want due to all the copyright issues that are going on. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's because of the streaming part. Yeah, it makes it difficult. And um, uh, Crimson mentions it's not super strict, but uh, you know, fifty percent PP parts. No, it actually does have to be part of the original model. Correct, because uh, we looked it up and we looked in the steamroller we were driving. We were talking about because it used to be fifty percent PP parts. It doesn't. The volume of the model has to be certain amount of the volume of the model has to be PP parts. Because um, one of the examples they gave was you could make an extreme behemoth from you know the extreme destroyer and extreme behemoth. Uh, what is it called? Juggernaut kit. But you had to make sure it had all the iconic parts. But you couldn't scratch build an extreme behemoth. You had to still use privateer press parts. Yeah, so like the uh, sculpted Ashland I have is technically not tournament legal in any way, shape, or form. There's Correct. no model parts involved in it. It's just straight milliput type. <clears throat> yeah, so if I so if I were to bring it to a tournament uh, I'm at the whim of the judge where I have to bring an extra Ashland with me uh, to use if uh, if they say no. Well, because we also got in the discussion of um, at one point you could not get Gremlin Swarms at all. Yes, that's because Jay bought them all. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody could get a Gremlin Swarm for a long time. And so people were taking the Gremlins that are on the Death Nail and putting them on the appropriate size <coughs> base. And I know that Travis Marg said, no, you couldn't do that because it didn't represent. And if you know Travis Marg, he's, he's kind probably, of a big deal. Yeah, he's, he's a big deal. Now, if it was, because he also took like, um, if everyone remembers, you used to have rec markers in War Machine, but now you don't. So people were taking the rec markers and then putting goblins on the rec markers and then using that as... A goblin swarm, which, which I have no problem with, but yeah, I, I wouldn't either. If I was a TO with that, I wouldn't have a problem because there's nothing else like that. It's not going to be confusing. Um, but some people are like dead set on no, that's not it, and I'm like, <sighs> and if and if there's it's it's a big problem because I mean, so back when you couldn't get gremlin swarms, saying no to the convergence of the gremlin swarms basically said you can't play this totally legal model because no one can get it. Yes, and that's. Kinda, you got to make exceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be one of the reasons for for sculpting your own from scratch or modding somebody else's. When they had uh, when GW first came out with their Mangler Squigs, they didn't have models for them. <laughs> so a friend of mine commissioned me to make some for him, and I took the the butt half of lizard man cold ones our cold one rider the mount mm -hmm. you know and i just sculpted a head onto it so there was just like these two little arms and the back end with the tail and it had the the scales on it like the uh the plastic ones had and then i just took green stuff and sculpted an entire face uh onto it with these great big i took uh spears plastic spears and, and sculpted, sculpted a little bit of them down as teeth, exactly. And uh, and they just, they, they turned out, I never took any pictures of just the greens, you know? Oh, yeah. So I um, took a picture of my friends after he painted them. 
my my boy Albert, uh, who's just started playing 40k recently, uh, he's over actually near Congo. Uh, a lot of his army is scratch built stuff. Like he sent me pictures of stuff. He's just like, oh, I need to build this cool thing, so I bought this thing that's close, and I'm just. He's literally just puttying and, and adding whatever bits he can find to it to make it look like it's armed appropriately, and in his army is what it is. And yeah. I thought that's really cool. Well, it's a, going with because uh, what I'm paying this for is for a Kings of War army, and Mantic has a policy that you know you just have to model it appropriate, and they don't care what the model. We don't care what you use. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they are the opposite. They're the zero fucks company. Yeah. Now yeah, I know that some people run like a tournament that so has to be like seventy five percent Mantic or something like that. But for the most part, people are like, yeah, "Does it have a gun? Does it look like it has a gun? Yeah, fuck it, go for it." Yeah, Mantic now is at uh, you have to have X percentage of the models in the unit because uh, you don't actually take models out of the unit. Correct. It's a block. It stays a block. You have to have X amount of the models in that block actually res represented by models the rest can be unit cool filler, filler space yeah. yeah unit fillers unit that's fillers what this are a is. big thing um like this is a unit of abyssal champions and i'm using the corn warriors um that have the sword and shield the chaos warriors yeah chaos warriors and yeah. so they are it's a 20-man unit but of course mantic says it's got to be half plus one so this is going to fit 11 guys on here uh, I've got a unit leader on here, and then I've also got uh, a musician and a standard, which they don't need that in Kings of War, but it looks cool. Yeah, it does look cool. And the Your good white's thing is, you nice don't have to do all the. By the way, Gonzo. Do what? Your white's looking nice on there. Yeah, I've got a couple more layers I've got to go. I'm not sure how much we're going to get on this. I may have to just do like a portion of it, work on like a, a, a half of the board. It looks pretty white to me. I, yeah. I can see when you're painting on stuff, like, oh, it's getting whiter. Yeah. But in general, there's not a lot of parts that look. I mean, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get one more coat on it let it dry. Because it's usually drying by the time I get from one side to the other. And then we'll start <laughs> on the narc. We'll start so, on some reds. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Conversions, uh, you should do whatever you want. I mean, it's that sounds like the Wild West, but just make what you want. Uh, especially if you're going locally. Let, let your imagination guide you to whatever. Yeah. Um, we were talking a little about this earlier, uh, how you know models and stuff in role-playing games. Um, back when we all worked at Games Workshop and had easy access to the uh, to GW Bits, so you know how lo long ago that was. Oh my god! Um, we would actually turn GW models into our superheroes and do all sorts of crazy stuff with that. And you know, we took all sorts of models and converted them up. Um, you know, I've got like. Necron race with destroyer arms because they made cool, you know, robotic gun things. It's there's lots of cool stuff you can do there. Um, actually, somewhere probably downstairs, I have a. I took a GW Rat Ogre, put a Griffin head on it, grabbed the old Bretonian uh, Pegasus Knight, uh, the metal one, wings, put those on him, and a tail from a uh, old uh, Lord of Change. And just made a sort of griffin dude. Nice. Griffin. Oh, it looks a lot like griffins now, and I actually use it as a proxy for whichever one I don't have enough of, which is all of them, honestly. But And, you know, it's not legal in a tournament. I wouldn't necessarily try to pass it off. That'd be one of the ones I'd ask the tournament director beforehand, like, uh, I got this, can I use this? If you say no, it's fine, I'll just back up and punt and bring on a different list. Or just use the original model. 
I don't have enough of the original model. That's sort of the point of using it. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, it's a model. It's cool. Yeah. It's on the right size base. It is obviously a griffin. Um, and, you know, go to town. But uh, it's... War Machine makes it difficult. Uh, Infinity is weird because you can convert stuff, but they're so small, it's freaking difficult. And their oh, models yeah, are so get, unique. Do you get the scale right for that? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of unique. gun swaps and stuff that you can do because they're uh, spec ops guys, um, which actually they say are legal proxies for any models that haven't been released yet, which is cool. Yes. Huh. Um, uh, they come with extra guns, so you can do all sorts of cool stuff. Like, I saw someone take a uh, uh, high-value target from one of the Dire Foes packs, which is a little mission pack. Uh, and she's just a hazmat girl with a helmet and all that. Took a sniper rifle, put it on her back, and like made her into a bounty hunter with sniper rifle. I'm like, well, that's super cool. Yep. Thumbs up for that. Um, uh, Malifo has pretty lenient stuff. As long as you can tell what the model is, they're pretty good, I think. Um, but not a lot of options for conversion unless you're doing really crazy stuff in Malifaux. Um, and obviously, a lot of the other games out there don't really have any conversion ability. Most of those are Armada and X-Wing are mostly repaints. Yeah. Not yeah. really much of conversions because it's, you know, an X-Wing is an X-Wing is an X-Wing. What? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess if you wanted enough. to if you wanted to do one of the, uh, you know, uglies from the book, old books and all that, that make it count as an X-Wing, you could do that. I have seen some pretty cool conversions, though. There there was one that somebody did where it was, uh, the way he did it, it looked like it was just coming out of hyperspace. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it was like half the model and then whatever he did with the back part of it, it was really cool. That was actually probably the Phantom, and it was probably uncloaking or cloaking at that point. I think I've seen that one. It was really cool. It was a great effect. There, there's cool things like that you can do, but like I said, some of those games, it's just mostly repaints. And obviously, 40K is the king of conversions. Oh, yeah. So much stuff you can do. I remember so making... Yeah. I, I, need, I need a sorcerer. Let me kitbash a sorcerer together. Yep. I have uh I posted some pictures of some conversions that I did to my GW stuff on our Facebook page more than dice. And uh it's in a uh in an album called uh Conversions. Cutting. Yes. Sweet. I have my ogre butcher that I did. I have a ten man squad of uh Berserkers that I used Dark Angels bits and Chaos bits for. And because I'd always wanted to do that. Finally, I, you know, the stars aligned. And uh, so that was a fun project. And then uh, there's a few other, few other things. My Blood Bowl team was a Nurgle team. So at the time, they weren't really making good models for that. So I was... So for a time, you mean not now? <laughs> at, at, at any point, yeah, they... So the Nurgle Blood Bowl team, they did not make Nurgle Warriors for it at all. So I took some of those old, you know, multi-part Chaos Warriors. Remember those 
really old ones where the chest is separate and the legs are separate. Oh, oh the yeah. original. That, that's like the first the, plastic kit they came yeah. out with for fantasy, more or less. The, the mutation sprue and everything. And I just green stuffed and uh, added stuff. And so I have pictures of that. Uh, the Nurgle Warriors and the Pestigors up on, uh, on the Facebook page, too. If anybody wants to see somebody fooling around with green stuff. So that's the one one of the uh, race with a bit different gun on it. Whoa. Uh, it was really cool. I mean, it looked really cool. Um, you get simple stuff. Like, even this, something like this. This was a bad guy from a superhero game. Bad dude. That was uh, the Redeemer, where I got rid of his gun and all, and just gave him a cool sword. Let's try to see what superhero stuff I have around here. That's about it, actually. I have other ones, but this is all I... Oh, well. If you want to go crazy... Converting up hero clicks? Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, that's Fox Batgirl. And then... I don't think the white actually helps see this one. No. <laughs> and then this is Fox Bat Boy. Okay. Um, I have a Fox Bat, but he's painted. He's in a case somewhere. So you see, you can do lots of stuff with just you know simple conversions. Like the one is just a, uh, a blue beetle with ears on him, and then the other one just a gun swap for Country's crossbow. Uh, the Redeemer guy just a sword swap. The one's just an arm swap. It's a little stuff, you know? All right, Kathy. think I'm ready for a red. I'm gonna, My dark red that I'm going to use for my first one is Sanguine Base. Do so you know what I would have done? What? <laughs> <laughs> I would start out with the yellow. Go with the yellow? And then work, and then work my way out from Backwards. that. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to do yellow in the center. So I would just do all just yellow. Okay. Because I'm going to do then, yellow. And then go out with orange from okay. your yellow. And right. and then... Or do your Set yellow and then do your uh, do your red around the edges. And then throw that orange right... In between it all? In between. Okay. And okay. then you can go for the edges in the middle with a little bit more yellow, too, to glaze over it a bit. Okay. Because I'm going to go... I'm going to do the yellow in here and then go darker as I go in. Can you see that? I'm going to go yellow in this. I'm going to do the yellow in the centers mm -hmm. and then darker as we go in. Yep. Or as, as we get closer to the stone, it's going to be darker. How yeah. about that? Yep. Okay. And since yellow is so freaking thin, I'm yeah, just painting straight from the pot. To, yeah. I'm just going to use straight from the pot because the yellow is so thin to begin with and I can stretch it pretty easy. And I don't care if I make a big mistake with this because we're going to be layering the colors. Am I correct there, Kathy? It's such a tiny brush. I know. <laughs> I'd be all... I'd be all with, you know, one of these. I don't know if y'all can... Hold on. This is a oh. size... It's a, it's a GW glaze brush. That's my brush for doing that kind of thing. Oh, wow. Huge. Yeah. That's that's for base coats on models. That's for priming. That's for 
yeah, any kind of base coat stuff that I do. And I don't get the smaller brushes until I'm ready to do detail work. So while he's painting yellow everywhere, uh, still on conversions, I don't know if you guys are following my uh, uh, hobby streak days, but I did one where I did a small conversion on a Warp Wolf, but it goes to show that you can still convert stuff for PP, where literally I just changed, changed his arms out. So rather than in a arms-wide sort of come-at-me-bro pose, he's in a more ready-to-pounce-and-claw-somebody-to-death pose. Nice. Uh, literally just the feral arms of the primal arms, and... Then uh, looking through my bits, and let me tell you, always keep all your bits. Yes. Always. Yes. Even if you just throw them in one giant box and look through it occasionally to keep an idea what you got, keep all your bits. But uh, I, I found a shoulder pad from one of the other satyrs. It like goes on one of his arms. Uh -huh. And I'm like, that's really cool. That will fit on a warp wolf if I cut out the backside a little bit. So I need to figure out if I want to put that on a stalker or on a pure blood to make them look cool, and just little things like that. Any bit you can find. I mean, when you add that to say, okay, so it's a shoulder pad needs to be attached or wear it somehow. Suddenly you just need a leather harness, which is either plastic hard, uh, which is something we haven't talked about much, which is great for conversions. And you can get it? that on Amazon, polystyrene sheets. Or rods, or they make dowel, little tiny dowel rods out of it, and as well as the flat sheets, and you can find it on Amazon. And if you have a really good local hobby store, as much as I don't want to send business their way because their overall business practices, Hobby Lobby usually has a fucking great selection, unfortunately. But, uh, I mean, they carry stuff there, and that is something that looking at it means so much more. Oh, absolutely. Games Plus has a ton of that stuff, too, but they're like an hour away from me, which is which is why I go to uh, the Great Evil Empire. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's something like, so, you're thinking, like, well, John, you're making a leather strap. It's flexible. I would use plastic card. If thin enough plastic card is just going to wrap around and make it look like it's a strap that's maybe not perfectly tight everywhere, because even a strap, like, across my chest wouldn't be perfectly tight like on my breast here, we go underneath. You can't really see it. I can see in the camera now. But down here, it would not be flat. So it would work perfectly. It would make it look like it's a strap that's going around you to do that. Um, other tools that are good for, like, next-level hobbying. Um, look, it doesn't it already look glowy, Gonzo's base? Yeah, it does. Well, it's going to take a that's couple because of... Because it's lighter on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, I mean, do it however you want, but yeah. The um, the yellow, of course, is really super, super thin, <laughs> and I didn't get a, a pure white over it, so I'm going to do multiple layers of yellow, which is okay, because, I mean, this is going to take a while but anyway. You get that orange over it, and then you glaze a little bit more yellow in the end. Yes. You know? Yeah, so don't stress about that. No, I'm just trying to get a, a good coverage on it right now of a yellow to kind of... However, if you... If you think of it like lava, where it is kind of sort of, uh, you know, sort of flow, you know, there's like waves or ripples or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, you can just call that your texture. Yeah, I'm, 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 lava, I'm, I'm, I'm you know? going pretty freaking dirty with this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> you started off really trying to be the center, but I've noticed it's... Am I, am I going back? Yeah. You, you're just like, get the yellow on there. Yep. It'll, 
you'll paint over it. It's all good. Well, the white was really, I mean, I thinned it down really, really, really thin to try to get a good coverage with it, and it got a little too thin. No big. I'm not too worried yeah. about it. Yeah, this is something that would be a lot better if you had, like, time lapse or more time to look at it. But. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to just try to get what I can um, and touch up, because I'm still working on our other miniature that we did on the... Uh, the Twitch feed, Kathy, the heretic with the uh, OSL. I'm going to be yeah. adding a little bit more. Um, and, I'm still gonna, and we are going to give that away once I'm finished with it. Uh, we'll give it away to one lucky winner. Miniature painted by Gonzo with Kathy yelling at him. I don't, that's yeah. extra. That doesn't happen much. That's, that's like super <laughs> exclusive. Yeah, that's like super rare. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, since I went through two different hobby stores to get, uh, actually, we didn't show this on the podcast at all, did we, did we, Kathy? This was the the pyramid. I got this for basing coarse pumice gel, and uh, I might share some pictures. I don't know if I have a really good close up before and after, but I will. Um, uh, it actually dries to a really good texture, but in the course of going there, I saw all the hobby supplies that you know my old hobby buddies from GW were like, "Oh, you should have this. You should have this." And one of them that, that stuck out in my mind that I don't have yet is a leather punch. Oh. I know you're wondering, what the hell do you use a leather punch for? Rivets. Bam! Kathy, <laughs> it's one. That's why you're awesome. Yeah, if you need rivets for something, and it may seem stupid, but a little rivets that adds so much character to, like, a standard plate. Um, I wish I still had them, but I've, I've since sold them. I had some of the old... Uh, I forget what they call, but they're little tiny Ford Forge World track transports that they also use to carry around their artillery, like their quad launchers and all. Uh -huh. And I didn't really like the crew, didn't like the way they looked, so I took and actually took plastic card and made like an enclosed driver compartment. So you put the top on and all, and rather than having to put the driver and worry about it, you just cut plastic card to make a wall and then the rest of the ceiling on it. I took old Land Raider bits because they come with all these doors, but if you put sponsons on, you don't need the door to cover that sponson. So just put the door on there, look like a door, and then some... Then I really think having the rivets on it would have made it next level. Would have taken it from, oh, that looks pretty good, to, holy crap, that looks amazing. Yeah. I must and when you get to the higher level, that's what a lot of it is. It's, it's getting it from... Looking pretty good to looking amazing. I almost did. Wow. I have some um, Vallejo thinner medium, medium, and I also have a gloss varnish from Vallejo that I like to just, <laughs> you know, brush on. I almost put gloss varnish as my thinner medium. That uh, probably would have been interesting, <laughs> back, but not what you're looking for. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, and then uh, to sort of finish off because we're getting kind of close to. Movie time, if you will. Oh, um, really? Damn. You yeah, know, you can still paint through movie time, though. Do we want to? Yeah. Do Do you want to just leave it here on the screen? Because I mean, we, yeah. yeah. Okay, we can do it. Just let uh, me know. Uh, I'll keep painting. Um, actually, also, all the guys are listening. What do y'all think? Do y'all want us to continue to try to do some painting while we do this, or do you want to go back to the three screens? I Let's think painting paint. is, is better because then we don't have. They don't have to look at us. I mean, we don't do it all the time, but if you've got something you're working on, by all means, man. No, and, and like I said, so eventually we'll get everybody so they can have two cameras and everybody can do this. Not just me. Yeah, Aww. yeah. <laughs> and, and I've got a... Yeah, I've got a new little uh, 
tripod sort of it's not really a tripod it's like a clamp with a spring arm thing that that my camera goes on I just have to figure out how I can uh, and it may be with tape or rubber bands that I that I attach <laughs> it so that it's actually face down uh, you know the, the correct way instead of you know sideways where the camera is because right now the camera would be facing that way and go face down and that's that's not where I need it to face you know yeah. you call that no bueno where I come from no yeah. bueno all right, um, we're going to try to do painting because it looks like everybody's saying keep going painting. Oh, yeah. Type thing, which we're cool. I'm cool with. I don't have a problem with oh, yeah. I've always got projects I need to work on. Oh, my gosh. So Xander just mentioned a fish man. So, and now I know what I'm going to do at the base of this mini that somebody gave me, which is, I don't know if this is in focus. So this is like a angler fish humanoid. <laughs> kind of thing. We don't want to call fish man. It is not an angler fish man. I was telling man. Tom, I'm like, if you know what angler fish are, you know that the one with the big ugly teeth and the little lure uh, that hangs over them uh, is the female. And the male is like this tiny little minnow that, you know, doesn't look anything like an angler fish. Not but at all. The person who sculpted this, and it's a sculpted really amazingly, and I went to look for mold lines and could find almost none on this. This is sculpted by uh, Dylan Tang. That means he did a good uh, job sculpting uh, vents for it, which and, and yeah. whoever made the mold made a good, solid mold, which yeah. I and appreciate good craftsmanship. It's yes. an amazing cast. It's an amazing sculpt. However, he put uh, male dangly bits on it. The word would be genitalia, but dangly bits uh, works too. <laughs> and so I'm, it's a conundrum for me because the face is like a female angler fish, but it's, it's got the male dangly bit. So, you know, this is how we got on the whole idea of uh, talking about, you know, modifying your models. Because I was like, well, what do I do? Do I, do I cut off the dangly bits? Do I put a loincloth on it? You know, do I... uh Add boobs? Gulped breasts? I mean... <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, and you can hear all this conversation in the pre-ramble if you're a patron. Because yeah. we had some good conversation on it. But it is it is one of those thoughts. If it's something, like I told her, if it's something that bothers you, yeah, do something about it. Uh, yeah. You know, like, it wouldn't bother me, but I didn't know, because, you know, ignorance is bliss. And boy, it really is. I'll but see. Xander's comment of uh, doing a bursting from water effect on the bog frogs fishmen. Oh yeah, that's... And, uh, so I'm like, this is the one because I, I was telling him I want to do one of those resin for water bases mm -hmm. and this would be the perfect one to experiment with that with. I think that would be really cool. So thank you Xander for uh, making me think of that. <laughs> There was, uh, talking about water effects, there was a miniature, and I had the link to it on my phone. Um, John, I'm going to send you that link, and if you want to post it in the chat, um, give me a second while I look it up. But what it is, it's a water effect, and this guy did it, and it's a... Um, mercenary... Is it the submarine? No, that submarine was awesome, too. Um, this was a mariner. Um, 
Let me see if I can find that real quick. Um, yeah, let me see if it's still here. Uh, and it was a Mariner Warjack that was coming out of the water. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna I'm gonna copy it and I'll send it to you on Facebook if you want to post it up to everybody. Um, and this thing is amazing for <laughs> water effects coming out. Kathy, you should click on the link that uh, Xander just put. <laughs> <laughs> I love the oatmeal. I do love the oatmeal. Uh, okay, so John, I sent that to you on Facebook. If you want to paste that to... Um... Hold on, i got to paste it in both at once, because I'm good like that. And this one is... Okay, i got to switch Boom this boom. Uh, and this one is something that had some really cool water effects of someone coming out of the water. I was like, this is balls amazing. Oh, yeah, it's a Buccaneer. That's super cool. Or a Buccaneer? Is that what the one it is? I don't remember which one it was. I actually have a Buccaneer with pretty cool water effects. One of our uh, oiled Pajana listeners uh, gave it to me. I have Bloop, and John's got Flippity. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's um, sitting over there. He needs a little love to uh, get back into fighting shape, but... Because uh, there was that conversion, and I don't know if anybody remembers the extreme storm wall someone made that had rotating Gatling guns and smoke cannons, and it actually shot shells out. Wow. that's I would call that, it, like ACDC said, a touch too much. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it had this huge base, and the smokestacks on the back uh, actually had smoke coming out. The guns, the nipple guns, as we call them, spun and also dropped shells uh the cannons on its shoulders actually shot out little wads of paper um what else you, you got to finish up the last bits of orange to cover up the white on that because that is looking you're not done and it's looking legit um it's 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 definitely gonna be needing like i'm going really fast so it's all streaky uh, well let's it's just say from our view yeah. yeah, from here legit. it looks good, so... Yeah, you know. it's it's really streaky and really see-through. I think the white light is kind of pushing it over. But yes, it's actually not doing too bad. Yeah, it's, so this is an example of how, how it starts off like, oh, maybe this isn't going to work, and then as you get going, you something to... like... Yeah, you got to push through that part where it doesn't look good. It's a more pain tip. There's that kind of... point in a work in progress where it just looks like shit. <laughs> the same thing with conversions, not just painting. Sometimes you convert and stuff like, oh, it looks like crap right now, or fixing yeah. stuff. I had uh, the one uh, uh, hodgepodge emissary on his big giant mule where I didn't read the, in didn't, the instructions aren't clear. <laughs> and I put parts on, and I'm like, oh, crap, I can't put the legs on. So literally I had to cut them in parts to put them on him. And it looked terrible for a bit, but you get done, you put them in, you get a little putty in there to... Fix up some, uh... Sculpt the dangly bits? Well, not only dangly bits, but sculpt some, uh... <laughs> fill some holes that are missing. There are some chunks from cutting, and suddenly it looks pretty solid. It was that way when I was sculpting Tiny Kathy. That was my first stab at doing a completely scratch-sculpted scratch model. Mm -hmm. And I knew that you have to work the green stuff in steps. Like, you only do so much, and then you have to let it cure. Otherwise, you're going to ruin the stuff that you just did. Yep. And so, basically, you're just trying to fill out an armature before you put the details in. 
And exactly. boy, it, did that really look like shit. And if you're working on a, a custom, if you're working on something and like it's taking you a while, like let's say you just converted a whole bunch of dudes and you like have a gap that's just a pen, just a pin that you need to fill in. Fill in all but the top layer of it on all of them and let them dry. Then go back and do the top layer so you can sculpt the lines. Like it sounds like a big deal, but my one of my first sculpting things was taking um, the old Wood Elf uh, Queen big bottle and making it a demon instead because I was playing Chaos. Nice. And so she had this big part in the middle of her hair where her fairy wings would go, and the demon wings I put in would not fit there. So I pinned them in, little putty in there, good. But you need to fill that hole, and one of the first things I did was sculpting hair. And it sounds daunting. Like sculpting hair, oh my god. Until you look at you like, oh, there are lines here, I'm just... You're, you're just copying Connecting the lines, the lines. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly how I uh, how I was learned to work with green stuff. And my examples that I posted, also I posted a link in the chat stream to the uh, the Facebook album. But I have one where where there is hair, and you can see the green stuff hair, the fur on this guy's arms. And it was the same kind of thing. And I also had a Wood Elf Lord on there where... He's a mounted Wood Elf Lord, and mm-hmm. where his where he fits onto the horse, well, he doesn't fit onto the horse. It looks like shit. It's just yeah. this huge gap, and, you know, what are you going to do? So I, I decided to just sculpt his cape, like, over the haunches of the horse, and then, then I carried the viney leaves that were draping down his back onto that after it was done, and, and all I was doing was copying the shapes that were already on there. Mm-hmm. And that it sounds bad, but it's so much easier. If you, anyone who had art school in high school can do this. Trust it me. It is time for movies and media now. It is what? Um, so Gonzo, I don't know how it looks personally, but honestly, I don't know if I'd go darker near the rocks. You, you can be the final judge of that, but yeah, it's going to need to go darker. Go, okay, I was yeah. thinking like the way it looks to us, like just putting some maybe clean up the yellow a little bit, then putting some white bits in the center for the super hot bits. Yeah. Or probably white make it pop. A little bit of yellow mixed yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put a little bit of red right around the rocks, around, right around the edge. It's going to be, I'm going to do a layer of red and then another layer of dark. You want to dry, dry brush a little bit of that red onto the rocks for a little bit of uh, object source lighting too. Yeah. That, that, that's going to be my final step is the OSL on this. So I figured we could uh, work on that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get the rest of this orange on here and then do a little bit of yellow on it while we're talking about this. I uh, do think maybe when you do red, maybe just do... Uh, I'm not super up on it, but I'd probably just try a little wash of it towards the edge, not even a full paintbrush worth. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with that. And there may even be a few areas where you just want to leave that edge orange instead of having having it continuously be you know, red throughout. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, I'm going to have to do, uh, w- once I get everything, there's going to be a lot of blending uh, mm-hmm. to go with it, just because it's all kind of just, I'm just slathering it on right now. But I mean, that's, great. it's okay. The great thing about the yellow being so translucent is that you can use it as a glaze to smooth out some of that stuff once yeah. it's all done. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get the orange in there because it's, it's kind of streaky over the yellow, which is okay. But, I mean, this is nothing that I can't clean up and get. And I'll, w- once I'm done, like, I'll definitely get some more pictures done. 
Like as a picture, like as a picture, I look at video, it looks awesome. So thumbs up there. So uh, media section. Yes. Uh, I've got two. Gonzo's got at least one. Kathy, how many you got? I have two. Oh, two. Sweet. Um, Kathy, why don't you start? Because mine have multiple reviews because it was a movie day in my place. So yesterday was a double feature movie day at my friend's house. And we paired Ocean's Eleven, uh, the new one, with Sneakers. So Ocean's Eleven, 2001, and Sneakers, which was made in 1992. And uh, I had never seen either of them before, so it was all a revelation. I saw Um, both in the theater. Those movies are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven I enjoyed. The cast was amazing. And, you know, it's it's a caper movie. It's the pinnacle of an ensemble cast caper movie. Yes. Yeah. Like, if you, if you can reach this height, you're making a great movie. If you get close, you're still making a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and Sneakers I absolutely loved. It, I, it is the proto I, sort of if, ensemble cast, because most of those people were big at the time, except for the guy playing Whistler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... I mean, Dan Aykroyd is always a favorite of mine. Dan Aykroyd's mother is great. <laughs> uh, River Phoenix, rest in peace, is good. Uh, Sidney yeah. Poitier is awesome. Robert Redford brings it. And then... Um, Earl Jones? He's oh, in yeah. everything. James Earl Jones. <laughs> and then uh, Ben Kingsley. Yes. Oh, my God. All I could think when I looked into his eyes is he was like Bella Lugosi. I kept waiting for his eyes to turn red and for him to, like, hypnotize people. And was it <laughs> um, Mary McDowell as... Uh, Gary McDonald. McDonald, yeah. Of uh, Laura Roslin in Battlestar Galactica fame. Yeah, she's... She, you know, I mean, she's good at everything, too, but this, I love sneakers. It is... Yeah. It's for a movie like that's a, dated as fuck, let's yes, be honest. It, it is, because you, you look at some of the technology it, and you laugh. The tech is dated, but at the end where he's talking about... Where the Ben Kingsley character is talking about how information and data is the real currency... Oh yeah, that's it's today. prescient that's now. Yeah, prescient in that it is. It is a good, fun movie. It is. Neither of those movies are terribly violent. They're all much more smart than action, which I like. Yeah. And going back to your uh, pre-ramble thing about watching clips of movies, there's one clip in Sneakers that I would love to be an aspirin commercial. The guy wakes up from from being thrown into a car trunk and being knocked out. He wakes up <laughs> and the other guy goes, pain? Try aspirin. And then he does this magic thing where it disappears from his hands and then it reappears and he holds out the bottle of aspirin. It's like this really weird you know... Well, it's, it's a like call... It's, cart. Yeah, but it's also a callback so that, uh, that the one character knows who he is. Yeah. So it's but, it's but really kind of awesome. It so was like some kind of really offbeat commercial, you know, like the Arby's commercials in Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that movie, I, I saw it recently, probably about a few months ago, and I saw it in a the theater, and it's still a great fun movie. Technology dated as as hell, but, but the theme, yeah, concept, yeah, hundred percent. The theme and concept, and all the reasons why you have to worry about what you do and how you do it and what you say is Where relevant. Where your information is going. Yeah. yeah. 
surveillance techniques. It's 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 an awesome movie. Um, yeah. I think I reviewed it a while ago for Pay Without John, but I give it maybe a half a shot of Kraken because it's dated and you need a little bit of something to get you through that, but that's a good movie. Yeah. I, I was actually, riveted. I like yeah. Even though it kept cutting out because my friend's uh, internet was just, her Wi-Fi was sucking it yesterday. They don't it was, it on DVD? No, but we ended up gathering around her computer to watch it hardwired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how does it end? Every time you got to a pivotal scene, like mm-hmm. where the guy goes, Cosmo? And then all of a sudden, you get the little circle of buffering, and it stops. You're like, no, <laughs> come on. It's it's a good way to add extra suspense to a movie that already has oh pretty good God, suspense. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, what did you see, John? Uh, so it was movie day, which we do with um, former patron uh, Trollton Heston. He's also an old uh, Panther John guy. Uh, he hasn't seen a lot of movies. So we get him and his wife over and we watch some old movies that are culturally significant or, you know, just popular or just one of those sort of pieces of pop culture. Uh, last time when we watched, I don't, remember, I don't remember what we watched last time, but last time we decided he hadn't seen a single Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Not one. Oh, I remember you talking about this. Even so, I have. So like, well, you need to see Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Time Cop's the best, but we're probably going to show you Bloodsport. Bloodsport, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were like, what goes with that? I'm like, let's get another American 80s as fuck martial arts movie. And it came to me, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Speaking of Barry Gordy earlier. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, so Bloodsport, of course, is Jean-Claude Van Damme playing the inspired by real life events story of Frank Dukes. Hint, he's probably actually full of shit. <laughs> but, um, where he goes to a secret, full contact uh, martial arts tournament, sort of like the precursor to MMA, um, meets some interesting characters. Um, that whole movie is very front-loaded with all of the backstory and overall story, and then just montages plus ass whooping some more montages some feels not really much feels then more ass whooping (laughs) Um, whooping. it is enjoyable even though it's a little slow um i enjoy it uh i give it about two shots of crack and it is a standard action movie it's maybe a touch above um not really dated you don't feel the datedness of it so much um uh alex uh trollton heston gave it two roundhouse kicks (laughs) <laughs> out of five meaning you need to be kicked in the head by a roundhouse kick twice before you want to watch it uh, his <laughs> wife gave it a rating of it was okay uh, Norn who is there from, from Sewer Bear fame gave it three out of five numbers because he couldn't come up with anything witty, witty and Dave gave it four out of five slow-mo scary faces because <laughs> if you watch that movie the slow-mo faces are amazing Maybe, yep they're on point. And by on point, I mean unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, then the second movie is The Last Dragon, um, which stars, let's be honest, when the biggest actor in that movie is a guy who happened to be in, like, Nothing. I forget his name. He's been in uh, Dumb and Dumber. 
He was the other bodyguard in the bodyguard. The one who worked with uh, uh, Kevin Costner. He's been in a ton of movies. You would know him by sight. But he's the biggest actor in that movie, so that's not saying much. Yeah. Uh, the other big draw is Vanity, who's not really a big draw. And the whole concept is uh, the martial arts guy, uh, Bruce Leroy, or <laughs> Leroy Green. Bruce Leroy. Is trying to find the final master so he can attain the glow, which is the final level of his training. The glow. Uh, but on the way, he has to battle the Shogun of Harlem, Shonuff. Shonuff! And uh, he get li- meets uh, Vanity's character, who is super popular playing music videos on her dance club. She's on TV every night, just to tell you how 80s as fuck this movie is. Um, because the local video game mogul has a wants to get into the music videos thing because that's where the money is apparently. And his girlfriend. And his girlfriend, and uh, so he kidnaps her, and he thwarts several kidnappings and attempted kidnappings, and of course they have have attraction for each other. And in the end, I mean, I'm not going to spoil a movie this old. <laughs> in the end, you destroyed an entire bottle of Kraken. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I, I do give it three shots of Kraken because it is 80s as... This movie could not be more 80s. You, you, you would have to try it would make your head explode. But you know what's so weird about that movie? Is when it came out, it was one of the pinnacle of karate movies out. And they like it, it, interviewed him a ton about... What would you really do if it was a real life situation? How would you karate kick and all this other stuff to the guy? And it, they took him like super serious in martial arts. Yeah, uh, and it's more of a fun movie. It's it it is <laughs> it is all about awkward racers' comments. Yeah, I mean, holy shit! I don't know if they were aiming for that, but some of their comments you're like, so you the uh, the girlfriend goes looking for Leroy to warn him. But he's not there. One of his students, Johnny Lowe's there. And he's like, how about something in a medium-sized Asian? And she's like, no thanks. I'm not Jewish. And I'm like, what the fuck did that come from? I don't even get that joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it has some of the most iconic quotes. It is a movie that Alex said. It goes between absolutely horrific... And actually great moments. It is an entire mixed bag. So I would give it three shots of Kraken. Um, we also as a group gave it 80 out of 80 80s. <laughs> um, Alex gave it one Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> um, Anna gave it better than Bloodsport. So it's okay plus. Uh Norrin gave it four out of five awkward racist comments. <laughs> and Dave's rating of it was show enough. I'm going to tell you, if there's any time I want people to watch 80s movies and classic and 80s movies that really mean a lot to people, it is Last Dragon and um, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah, yeah, but Big Trouble in Little China is clearly a way better movie. Oh, yeah. And end yeah. with that one. That's yes. not a bad double feature. Um, like I said, we did Bloodsport in that. It's not a bad double feature. Mm-mm. 
Um, I think even though I thought end with the last dragon because it's more frivolous, maybe end with Bloodsport because it is a better movie. And if you know Bloodsport, that's that's <laughs> the thing to say. But there are so many good you know quotes what? with but that movie. It is okay. Um, and next well, time we do it, I don't know when this is going to be. Um, we're either going to watch Showdown a Little Tokyo and Lethal Weapon, or Desperado and Hard Boiled, or Silverado and Tombstone. <gasps> Silverado and Tombstone, be still my heart. That's it's a like good combo. Movies. Oh my god. We're, we're just not sure what it is. He's going to see what date it is and see what he wants. Uh, uh, he's got a lot of movies those right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, Kickboxer. Uh, Kickboxer is like not Bloodsport. Bloodsport's like the, the pinnacle of that 80s tournament movie. It is just enough of everything to not make you want to shoot yourself at the end. Yeah. It's got a young Forrest Whitaker in a role that anyone who can speak could go through. Um, it's got Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds oh, yeah. in, the act, in an actual decent role. He gives it his all. He's he's he is the best buddy and wingman out there in movies. The best. He's always got his buddies back. He's right there rooting for him. It's it's pretty cool. So there you go. That was our two for. Uh, it was a really good time to sit there and have that. Though uh, there were a couple times in the Last Dragon I had to stop and go get alcohol. <laughs> I love that movie though. It's so fun. So it, it is super fun. It is a movie everyone should see once. Yes. So call me up. Come on over. We'll watch it. I can watch it a million times. It's just going to require more alcohol every time in quick succession. I'll just stick with the uh, cowboy movies. Ah, that's that's a good combo. I'm hoping for that. But I honestly, would even extend it into a, a uh, three feature and add uh, Maverick with Mel Gibson and... Well, the problem with the three features, we only do them on Sundays, so if I do a three feature, I can't come on the podcast that night. Well, so that we try work. to avoid that. That, that, uh, yeah. that wouldn't work. Yeah. But that would be a good combination. But yeah, if anyone knows those movies, there, we'll see what Alex wants. I told him to look at He looked at my collection of movies and picked out ones he liked. I don't mind buying one here or there for him. Hell, I bought Masters Universe, so when he watched it, his disappointment would be as crystal clear as possible on Blu-ray <laughs> disc. And they're remaking that, by the way. Uh-huh. I actually have I actually have the movie that came about because they tried to make they were gonna make a sequel to Mass Universe and it didn't work. Yep. That's a Jean Claude Van Damme movie called Cyborg. Yep. Little known. I they were gonna make a two. That one. I remember hearing about it. Yeah, they were gonna make a two and it just didn't work. <laughs> Money wasn't there, so they're like, Well, it's time to make another movie with what we got. I'm Sets so were made, costumes were made. There for a sequel. Yeah. So, Gonzo, what did you watch? Um, I watched this today, and I was dreading watching it to begin with because it's a sequel to many, many sequels. And it was on Netflix. And, of course, I wanted to also test out, you know, the HD quality of stuff on Netflix. And it was the newest Pirate of the Caribbean. Dead Man's Tell No Tales. Dead Man's Don't Care. Yeah. I have not seen that one. Um, I, I haven't seen any other than the original trilogy. Because yeah, I stopped after three. I, I want to say I have standards, but that's really not fair. I don't really have standards. <laughs> yeah. More of, it's not free, and I'm not going to pay for it. Yeah. So, I loaded it up, and, you know, I was fully expecting what I got. 
and I got what I was expecting. Let's put Johnny Depp in another role so he can try to make some more money and milk this character for all it's worth. Um, it really was bad. Um, I was not happy with it at all. Um, everything you could tell was pre-planned out. You know, it was all... It was just way overdone. I mean, and, and the... God, I can't even talk about it. The The <laughs> whole concept of the Pirates of the Caribbean is over-the-top action. You know, Jack Sparrow acting like a fool, saying funny one-liners, you know, etc., etc. Which is really, really fun. That's what made the character good, was him saying stupid stuff and doing stupid stuff. But it was so overplayed. It was like, really? You're going to go there? Come yeah, on, we I, already know o- that. Only the, only the first one is really worth rewatching. Yeah. The second or third ones aren't terrible, but, but they're not really worth rewatching. Like if no. it's free, sure you can watch it, but they just the first one is was so enjoyable. It was such a fun movie. Yes, and it, was, it was unique. It had different things. Jack Sparrow was cool. You know, it yeah. was everything. And then, you know, and then the last few. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this one because I need to watch a movie for the podcast. And I was like. This is shit. That's when you get into trouble, Gonzo. You know, I'll tell you, having done this for years, when you get to the, I have to watch a movie for the podcast, it's not going to end well. Well, and and I'll do it because I'll suffer, you know, for our viewers. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. But, I mean, it was just bad. And I felt bad because it was such a good type of series. It could have done, they could have done many, many one. Of just different Star or Star Wars, I saw that comment. Uh, different um, things with Jack Sparrow, and it just it just ran off the deep end. Let's just make whatever excuse to make whatever excuse to make Johnny Depp make another movie. And I was like, Yeah, oh. I mean, just funny because he hasn't really been. He's not bulletproof anymore. No, he 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 went in. He did a bunch of stuff. He went downhill. He came back with pirates. But he's never been a bulletproof actor. No. And I mean, it just, it went downhill fast with some of the stunts, with some of the things. It, it didn't even have the feel of Pirates of the Caribbean, like the original, with all the silly stunts and silly comments. It just went off the deep end, and it stayed there. And I was not happy with it at all. That's too bad. Because uh, the first one was truly great. Yes. It's truly one of the great action movies. Fun action movies too, not just yeah, really fun. good scenes, it, but fun. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the story is enough. Like this is just this is exactly the amount of story you need for an action movie. Yes. Perfect. It, it that I, I don't like to call a movie perfect movies, but that one's pretty much a perfect movie. Yeah, that one was a very solid, good action movie that did a lot of good things. Uh, it, it broke a lot of records. Everybody loved it. I mean, it it started a bunch of stuff. The pirates, you know, everything came back jack sparrow was an awesome character i mean you're like this is balls fun but then it's just like this one is like they're just milking and arguably too much. it's one of orlando bloom's better roles yeah and it's really had much honestly yeah <clears throat> though i did like him as the bad guy in that one the Rescuers movie i liked him in uh oh what's it called now <laughs> i'm totally blanking go on never mind <laughs> but i mean oh, kingdom of heaven Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I remember that. Yeah, one. I like that movie. I like Kingdom of Heaven. But I mean, it was like they were just—you can tell that they were just trying too hard. Because you, you saw all the plot hooks, you saw all the things coming about. So it was just like, eh, okay, whatever. I'm just gonna make a movie and let it fall where it may. You can't. Someone said this about the most recent Sharknado. You can't engineer movies to be phenomenons. Yeah. You can't like you can't make a movie so bad it's good. You 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 can't intentionally do that. It's not gonna work. Yeah. You you need to let just make the movie, do what you can. You're shooting for something, but you gotta let it fall where it may. Yeah. It worked with Army of Darkness when they tried to play on the campiness of Evil Dead too. Yeah, they oh. did. But he yes. just made the movie and let it fall where it may, you know. Yeah. He wasn't... Because that movie's not, like, so bad it's good. It's just... It hits the right notes. Yes. Yeah. So. How many shots of crack can you give that thing? Um, three minimum. You're probably going to have to take a four to get through half of it. Woo! That's not good. But... Because there was many times I'm just like, Hey, I'm just going to watch my phone and just kind of listen. <laughs> yeah. You're in the same boat as me. I start a movie, I don't stop it anymore. Yeah. It's a problem, but... It takes a lot. I think the only movie that I've ever done that with, and it was actually in a theater, was Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Someone okay. says, let's go see this. And I went, okay. And about 30 minutes into it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go outside and have a cigar. You can tell me what happens at the end of it. Uh, I do have a friend who still owes me a solid, because on his birthday, he went to see the Dungeons and Dragons movie, and he went oh. and saw it. And I'm like... Dude, I think you owe me something for this. <laughs> like, I still owe L. Marshall for seeing Batman vs. Superman in the theater with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, uh, it was horrible. It was bad, bad, bad. How's that look, guys? Um, It looks, it looks orange. Yeah, it's I, more subtle now, but it probably means it looks better in person. Well, yeah. yeah, I did a bunch of bl quick blending on it, and I'm letting it set to dry, and then I'm going to take the yellow and go over and glaze it over uh, whenever I start doing it. Now you add mediocre. <laughs> I've, not, I've not seen it, but I can only imagine what the mediocre color is if it's a reddish brown around the, the edges in a few places, a darker, a darker reddish brown, or a mix of the black with your red, just in a few select areas. Well, it, it, it's getting there. I just got to get it. Yeah. Right now, it's going to be blending. That's going to be the thing. It's just blending and glazing. Mm -hmm. And then I'll dry brush yellow and orange on the sides, on the rocks. Because I, I actually dry brushed a little bit of white on the edge of the rocks just to give it so it'll be a little bit more highlighted. So, um, so what else? Do we have any other movies? Or are we almost done for the day? I think that's it. Uh that's think, my two uh, we movies. Need to mention our sponsors. Oh yeah! Holy crap! Yeah, Archidan for uh, sponsoring uh, the media section with uh, Tectonic Studios. Yeah, Minecraft um, Studios. What you got and mentioned quite a bit. Games. Oh, definitely Broken Eight games, games for all their cool stuff that they make. We appreciate everything they do for us. Um, also, please check out our patron. Um, we could really use it anytime we get uh, money from y'all. We take that money and we try to reapply it for y'all. Or to make the podcast better. Um, on top of that, hey, John, guess what? Chicken butt. Chicken butt. Someone <laughs> donated 20 bucks to your cause. Oh, good. So Yay! you are going to be singing it. So if you need to go ahead and watch the video a few times. And They're practicing now, John. Yep. You, you don't think I know the lyrics? 
I already know those lyrics. I've been singing those since I was, what, 12? Well, that's lucky for you. I did not know anything about uh, the Will Smith. Wild, wild West. Yeah. <laughs> a wiki, wiki, wild, wild West. Wiki, wild, wow, wow, wild West. Jim West, Desperado. <laughs> uh, I was actually 12 when Transformers movie came out. What? Probably Boy, 11. Good, good, good guess it came that, out then. in the... Uh, yeah, it came out in August, so I was, I was 11. Were you heartbroken when Optimus Prime, you know... No, but that was like a legit. That's so. I'm a big Robotech fan, so having main characters die is not a new thing to me. No, Which but that was really a... odd. That main characters can fucking die. But that was a pretty big scene. Oh, for... it was. It's still a big scene, but it's up mm-hmm. there with you know Roy Foker dying and Ben Dixon dying. Shit, that's also... happened like back to back episodes. That was some shit. Yeah, that Transformers movie better than any of the recent ones. <laughs> uh, the first, I really, 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 this is spoilers, because I'm going to review all five of the Trans... Six? All five of the Transformers movies. Because <laughs> someone bought me them all on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. But I really like the first one a lot. First one's it not feels, bad. It, 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 it feels like it's a movie, an action movie in the disaster movie vein. Yeah. And gives you enough of most of the characters that you like most of the characters. It's just after that it gets a little, you know, crazy nuts on the Constructicons and racist robots and <laughs> Mark and balls. That's not a movie that goes down like slightly. It starts off here. This goes straight off the fucking cliff. <laughs> and then they just spend the rest of the time trying to climb the fuck back up. So. Alright guys, we appreciate it. Um, thanks for watching. We are definitely going to have some things come up. Um, also working with some people to do some really cool projects for y'all. Um, we got Kathy's video coming out um, soon, hopefully. Flamey stuff. Flamey stuff. Um, I still need to do a review of um, Steamforge's uh, Dark Souls board game. And John, when's your next Minis and Movies coming out? Uh, you should have it this week. Uh, okay. I just need to make sure life doesn't keep mugging me with stuff, little stuff I got to do that makes me not record. Just punch <laughs> life in the face, John. Punch life in the face. When you punch life in the face, <laughs> lunch life, well, treats you like you dropped the soap in prison. What? Um, no. <laughs> so with that said, guys, I'm Gonzo. I'm, I'm John. <laughs> <laughs> Night, guys. Good night. <laughs> Timing, I has it. <laughs> Timing, I has not. I didn't drink enough, so I gotta go down like three more beers before we go. Oh, I think I drank enough. You gotta pee really bad still? No, no. But no I pee? Pee time, like a, a liter of screwdrivers. A liter? <laughs> This yeah. much. Yeah. I think this much screwdriver. <laughs> Actually, I had one during the pre-ramble, too. I had a beer <laughs> before the pre-ramble. I've been drinking since one. John's so. feeling no pain. Life could treat him like, uh... Yeah, um, never... I would say I wouldn't drive, but other than that, I'm pretty good. <laughs>